The audacious nature of Muad'Dib's actions may be seen in the fact that he knew from the beginning whither he was bound, yet not once did he step aside from that path. He put it clearly when he said, I tell you that I come now to my time of testing when it will be shown that I am the ultimate servant. Thus he weaves all into one, that both friend and foe may worship him. It is for this reason, and this reason only, that his apostles prayed, Lord save us from the other paths which Muad'Dib covered with the waters of his life. Those other paths may be imagined only with the deepest revulsion. From Biyam al-Din, Book of Judgment. Welcome to Spice World, an inebriated exploration of Frank Herbert's Dune Messiah. My name is Derek. And my name is Mike. With each chapter, we open up a new bottle of wine and have a bit of a buzzed book club here, Derek. Uh, Mike, come back in. I got another rosé for us. And Aluna coming out of uh, Oregon. Another rosé. E-L-O-U-A-N. Eluan? Eluan, maybe. That sounds sounds a little bit better. I think I definitely reversed the N and the A there. That was just some dyslexic wine uh, to throw into the mix. But it's delicious. It's wonderful. It's Ooh, nothing yeah. like this quote at the head of the chapter, though, Mike. I got so tongue-tied trying to read this. It was <laughs> the worst. You know, they threw in the capital he. There's, no, there's so many capitals. Ultimate he, servant, capitalized. Yeah, Water, yeah. capitalized. Apostles, capitalized. Now, all those words are very significant to a religious book. And I get that, but yeah. like, I kept like, are there periods there that I just can't He's see? Gonna, you know? yeah. I started squinting uh, and bringing uh, the textbook closer to me. It is especially bad when it's he said. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in a book, especially. You're yeah. like, hmm, mm, tough boy. But... Uh. We've never heard of the Yam Eldin. The Yam Eldin, the so Book the, of Judgment. What which, is that? Well, I don't know if that is. Uh, I couldn't find that book with an Arabic, but that is how you would say um, the. I think it was Yam Eldin is like Judgment Day. Oh, so like the words are definitely there. And Judgment Day, I was just satisfied when I got there. <laughs> sure. I just started thinking about Terminator, and I think I might have put that one on. And like, <laughs> like, why not? It's a classic. That was the last of my afternoon, uh, but. We're saying this book, and now we're looking back. I've told you about the Golden Path. I think we've gotten enough emails teasing you about the Golden Path. Yeah. That's clearly in here. In here? Oh. Yes. Oh. Yes, Mike. Uh, th- my Jerry Seinfeld came out there, but... <laughs> uh, uh, what did it say? He put it clearly when he said, I tell you that I come now from my time of testing, that it'll be shown that I am the ultimate servant. Thus he weaves all into one, that both friend and foe may worship him. It is for this reason, and this reason only, that his apostles prayed, Lord save us from the other paths, perhaps the golden paths, Mm -hmm. which Moadib covered with the waters of his life. Now, this is ultimately just kind of what we talked about too last chapter with the, the worst doing the heavy lifting sure paul always has seen this terrible future right this thing i will not even describe to you it's so awful and so terrible but it seems inevitable this is insinuating that those other paths would be so much worse than the current one 
But this is a religious text, so like take that with a grain of salt, whether or not. Uh, I I think you can take the grain of salt out of it. Like, let's just talk. You like like let's pretend it's you, me, and Paul in a room, sure. <laughs> and uh, whoever this God forsaken emperor will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like there are all these other things. I think it's a mix where one, the golden path is better. Paul's not willing to do that one. We'll talk about that in Children of Dune. We'll actually we'll hear oh we'll hear everybody's sides of things uh, concerning that one, and that's where the golden path really starts to get defined for us. I just think it's uncanny that Frank would say pass here, and we have these other allusions to where we're going in the story that uh, he's got to be kind of on to like building this um, idea of what he wants to get to, but. Paul has put us on a very specific, uh, he's chosen from other things to make his decision. Okay. So there is like a, a ultimate good path that he's diverting from. Is that the, what you're trying to say? Uh, no, I think the, the golden path is kind of devoid of good and evil. Remember how Paul judges, I was saying, making this point last chapter that he sort of judges things by their actions, not by their motivations. Sure. That's sort of what I think we're looking at. And consider how personal he weighs his, like, Cheney is the overarching most important thing in in his universe. Every time he comes to a nexus, he always makes his choice based off of personal reasons. Yeah, he really does. And And those are the most important times to be making choices. What are you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Get get out of the lane. Yeah, he shouldn't be steering this uh, car. But... That yeah, I I think Cheney is really the one that divides him. But nonetheless, like we get his this religious apparatus, the schizerat that's existing is probably um, pushing the rest of us to be like, thank God he saved us from this awful future, whatever this prophecy was. Yeah, yeah you got right, I got a guess now. Sure, I got a theory. Ooh, oh, and what? All right, God Emperor, it's gonna be Paul's heir. Okay, they're also gonna have the prescience, and then they take the path that Paul's not willing to take. Okay. That's what I'm calling then. Okay. So you think whatever baby is in Cheney's belly. Yep. That's going to be it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just want you to remember that when we get to the end of the oh book. Oh, God. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I know. Oh, now I don't. Oh! <laughs> Man, if me and Frank could high five right now, we would just be like, got him. Fucking nailed him. <laughs> to the wall. Hey, you. Give me that Frank button real quick. <laughs> I deliberately did this. <laughs> Give me the Frank button. <laughs> Mike. I, okay. I, I personally build these moments. Just, just guide you right into them. Uh, that, oh, my God. I no, if no, anything, no. dude, if it, if it was ever that easy. I was like, I'm not voicing my opinion ever again. Fuck it. <laughs> okay. You do the show, Derek. I got through 14 chapters. Like, I don't need you for the last 10. <laughs> I got what I needed. <laughs> I'm good for the whole series oh now. <laughs> this is so great. All right, let's get into the real chapter. Yeah, please, please. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I got nothing else for the Book of Judgment. Like I said, I didn't find if uh, Book of Judgment was actually uh, a book within Islam. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if it kind of like, you know, we have uh, revelations. I didn't know if it could be some corollary like that, but I didn't actually get to anything other than finding you the translation for Judgment Day, which I thought was awesome. So, oh, one. I guess there is one. Th- yeah, yeah one. no, I'm glad. So they prayed, uh, "Lord, save us from the other past, which may be covered with the waters of his life." So, is Paul dying to like? Make- oh, can I just say also, friend and foe may worship. Yeah, that's a cool bit. But yeah, so is Paul? You is, think is Paul going to like sacrifice himself at some point here to keep these paths from becoming reality? Well, uh, we don't know the frame from which this book is written. 
mm-hmm. how far in the future it could be. Because remember, that's true. Oh, uh, one, Paul, eventually Paul will die. He is human. Yeah. You and I get to know that. Corba sure. will never accept that. But sure. you and I can accept that. So uh, eventually he will die in the way true. of an old man. And uh, it's just matter of, how we've seen history play out. They may write it as like he did sacrifice himself when he's just like, he died in now, his head. But wait, wait. So if he died at the end of this book, what would that mean for the rest of the the plan. The oh plot. god, now you're gonna fuck with me again. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I mean, if he dies, does Cheney die? Oh my god. Oh my god. I don't know. I don't even know. Because you, you, you gotta understand, like, if you're gonna accept he dies, like, you gotta look into your head and be like, under what circumstances would Paul be willing to go down if he already has mapped out the future? I mean, okay, with the conspiracy, they're not trying to kill Paul. They're trying Specifically, to Paul. Sidetail told us, like, we are we are definitely not trying to kill Paul. Right. Paul's death isn't it. Paul's destruction so, is it. Okay. His death would be insane then. Oh my god, that's a possibility. If anything, his death would fuck up everyone else's plan. I can totally see him doing that out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> you think like the uh that oh god, he was like a really um goth kind of kid growing up in a way. It's just like Maybe. Right. Okay, you got me. I've got a lot to ruminate over. Yeah, I think it shattered your preconceptions <laughs> of the world. All right. Sightail, going into this chapter, I'm sorry. Sightail is playing the role of his life, Mike. Everything he was built for is yeah. this moment right now. Autumn's daughter, which we now know is named Lichna. Lichna. Lichna, Lichna. maybe. I uh, think Lichna makes more sense. Uh, yeah, I think it's got to be like, uh, I think, kind of a play on Lycan. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Cool. Uh, so, Otham's daughter Lishna has come to stand before the Emperor of the Known Universe. Now, being uh, known to Cheney, she was able to pass through security. Cheney even gave the okay. She ID'd her visually oh. to Banerjee. Banerjee, remember him from before? I, remember, I could, I can't forget about Banerjee because he just makes me think it's an energy drink or something. Definitely, definitely. Drink energy. He, I mean, I love how he is this offshoot friend. He's not even really Fremen. I think he might be like half Fremen is my guess. I feel like he was a smuggler. Well, no, he definitely has, sm- he's smuggler ancestry. But okay. I, I don't think you could get to be like Paul's right-hand man unless like a smuggler married a Fremen kind of deal. Sure. Like, yeah. Because like in a way, like Stilgar and Cheney are racist as fuck. Sure, yeah. To anyone that's not Fremen, sure. like, I don't think they would accept this man. So and you it think Banerjee's from the old ZH days? I, he's a, a he's baby that, boy. You know what I think? I'm like, I'm really hoping, and I can't prove this, hmm. I hope there's a little Tuek in him. <gasps> I can't prove it! That would be great. That's the only smuggler band I know, but I just wanted to be in there. <laughs> but I, I assume uh, the name has to be, like, smuggler. Banerjee is just so non-Fremen. Right? Yeah, right. Like, that does seem off-color uh, for the rest. But, like I said, Cheney gave the okay. Banerjee bringing Lishna in, or Sightail. I'm going to kind of go in between the names okay. as it goes. Contextually, it's good for each of them. But he's been leading her in and gives her all the honors of a daughter of a daughter of the Fedaikin deserves. So oh. Like, yeah, I mean, because that's, that's a high status right there. Sure. Banerjee would know who Otham is. Probably have great respect for Otham. Right. Of, like, one of the OGs. Yeah. Wait, then why wasn't uh, Corbus or uh, Fork's son given the same respect just because he went blind? Oh, because he went blind. Really? He should, he's... No respect because of that? No, no not, it's it's a matter of um, your burden on the tribe. You, oh. as a Fremen, should, you know, how it's, it's, it's how Jameis would be. Like, we leave these in the desert. 
Sure. You, you don't come back to the tribe. Like that's you, a waste of water. You know you're a burden right now. Mm. Not even a waste, but you're going to cost us water in the future. So yeah, okay. yeah, a waste of water, ultimately. Sure. Definitely. It all comes down to water as the ultimate guide. But I, I think you realize that like you're not going to bring the tribe water. You're going to cost us water. Mm-hmm. The rightful thing you should do, the blind have to do, is you just go walk into the desert. You just, Jeez. until Shai Halud fucking takes you. All right. But it's like, how we justify Jameis later on. Like we can kind of make that pragmatic step. It doesn't really apply to the Fremen now. Right. I mean like old Fremen. Exactly. Fremen that actually struggled. These Fremen, it does change everything. Uh, but being known to Cheney, she's able to get through. We, uh, we guide her in. And um, as I said, given the honors that a Fadaikin deserves, I think that this is also the only reason he respects her wish that the message be only for Moadib. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, like, everyone would be like, no. You tell me. So this is why she was selected. Yes. To get the one-on-one with Moadib. It, it, it seems, unless there was another motivation, we definitely don't know. This is the first time we see anything implemented. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're right. Like, this got us here. Now, we can question the other things at the end of the chapter for, like, so did Farouk need to trick her into Samuta to get to, like, there's a lot of, like, second questions. I, I but feel like definitely. Let, let's follow the threads of this as we go first. Sure. Uh, so Banerjee leads her in. He keeps his hand on the knife, the other hand on her arm. So even though you're the daughter of the Fadaikin, you still really get a, a suspicious treatment mm-hmm. uh, coming in. Uh, the room they are meeting in is Paul's office. So just getting oh. another sense of like, I don't know where in the place we are, but it's another new kind of room for us. But it's still the <laughs> size si- of a city. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's still that same mixture, though, of Fremen and aristocrat. Mm-hmm. We have high red hangings, which display Fremen mythology, which to me was like, ooh, do you think those are the same hangings that were in Jessica's quarters back in Siege oh. Tabar? Remember when Paul was passed out in yeah. a coma and we brought Detective Cheney onto the case? Uh, we passed through a room that had the Fremen hangings in it with mythology. You might be right. Because, like, if she, she's probably... Uh, oh, Jessica's long gone. Yeah, she's not here anymore, so... No. So yeah, I bet totally. Paul might have a little sentimental value. Like, sure. hey, remember when I passed out in this room? <laughs> like, um, Do you think he has uh, different offices for different people? I think he has different offices for different hours. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. How I, like this is my Fremen office. This is yeah. my desert office. It's just a room full of sand. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you gotta have one of those. Yeah. You need a Fremen office. It's got like a fake worm in it. Just like a little, just you can be ready. Gotta be ready. Don't ever go soft. Um, and uh, we also describe uh, all four walls in this place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have these high rig hangings. But on the fourth wall, so three of them are like that. The fourth one is just a giant TV. It's a giant view screen. Ooh. Now, it's going to be great this whole time. We never see what's on it. But it has a thing atop it. And so that's the screen is behind the desk. So you imagine you're walking in these doorways. Ornate, it's got to look like the Oval Office desk, the Resolute desk, right? It's a great carved thing. These hangings behind it's this great massive screen, which for Frank is just like, Look, a big TV <laughs> for us. It's probably like, All right, that's kind of lame, whatever. Right, yeah, right, whatever. On top of it, though, is a sand clock built into an orrery with the two moons in worm trine with the sun. A sand clock, hourglass, right? Just a love, giant hour, yeah, yeah. So good. Then an orrery with the two moons. Now, trine just means at an angle. 
So I don't know what worm trine would mean. It would have to be like the moon, the sun, the planet, and the sun. Maybe make like a worm shape coming in. Mm, no, I mean if it's an orrery, that's like three dimensional, right? So maybe like the worm is like wrapped around it, kind of thing, as the frame holding it together. No, no, no. Worm trine. So trine is like an angle that something would be at in an orrery. Oh, so like you would say uh, Mars is in trine with Venus would be. Like, I think it's usually like a one hundred twenty oh. degrees. You get what I'm saying? Okay. So like worm trine specifically means like uh, some form of cosmic alignment. Now maybe that's just straight line. And, like, that's worm trying oh. kind of deal. You know, like, there's a lot of different ways you could interpret that. I love the wavy kind of form. Sure. Which is, like, imagine their astrology. If, you're, if like, wave functions fit into your astrology, that's fucking cool. Okay. And, like, the predictions you can make with that must be so fun. But, like, I, I just really got uh, tied into that for a second. And, ultimately, um, Saitel is going to be captivated by that clock. And right. he even stares up at that orrery. And I have no idea what its purpose is other than, like, <laughs> it's a big centerpiece for this room, though. And I don't know why Frank points it out so specifically. It makes, ooh. You know what this makes me think of? Yeah, no. A flashback to uh, old Grandpappy Harkonnen's uh, office with his globe. So he, yeah, he had a fancy, a fancy globe, uh, like embellished with platinum wire, little diamonds for the ice caps. Right, right, yep. right. And you, you're just seeing that. I would, oh man, if he, that was at the center of it, what another chance to like holler back to the old ways? What if you put that Fremen globe in the middle? That'd be really cool. Because like that would have been left on Arrakis. No, I guess the no. it did start on Gaty Prime, but I think also Paul could have gone and gotten it. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, Gaty Prime is his, so pretty sure. I mean, I, just the idea that uh, it representing like I hold this in my hand, or like this is mine. Mm-hmm. This is mine to display. Yeah. Oh, and, and that that time is in the center of it. Yeah. Is, that's definitely symbolic. I think you put the sand clock there for me. Maybe that's a joke that only he gets. Oh, and Saito. <laughs> yeah. I oh, think Saito yeah. would catch it. And like, and just the way Gaius Helen would have mm-hmm. gotten the joke, I think Saito gets the joke. Come on. <laughs> I got to keep him elevated. Because she doesn't get to go into that office. She has to walk like 30 oh, yeah, miles. Yeah, she never made it there. <laughs> she passed out. Like. <laughs> now... This is where uh, we get a little bit of a Banerjee backstory. Sounds grateful. Banerjee. Back. Yeah. You know, I, I really I fell in love as soon as I heard his name. Well, okay. Gl- it was just fun. I'm glad we fell in love with him before because we're going to get to the point where it's a little bit of an attraction for him. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. me go. He came up through the Fremen Constabulary, which is, that's I love the constabulary as a word. Like, we just don't use it in America, mm-hmm. knowing that it's like a police force. Just fun word. So he, Fremen cop. And uh, he got promoted based on brains and loyalty. We get his smuggler ancestry attested by his name. So that's why we're going Banerjee. I sure. think it's going to some Fremen. That uh, means trans- it's not a Fremen name. Exactly. Some off-worlder kind of name. But I think he definitely bred into the group at some point. And uh, he could look upon happiness and atrocity with the same expression. This is where I start to be like, okay, this guy's fucking sick. Uh, this is a, he's a bit of sociopath, Mike. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not, but just the idea that like, no, are you kidding? Paul says he knows that Banerjee would throttle Lishna if he commanded it. Not for any reason. Just if I told him to, he'd beat the shit out of her. Sure, sure. That's a that's a sick man. I mean, he's a soldier. He is. I don't think that's anything to worship. That's sure. all I'm saying. Sure, sure. I do think he's badass. He's yeah, definitely, no, that's fine. He's definitely a war hero. I'm just saying that, like, I, I think it comes down to, like, he's going to do what he's told. Like, he, that's why he's got this position. Absolute fucking Yeah, but loyalty. that's why I think he's basically a Nazi. <laughs> Jesus. 
Jesus. Because he Christ. will do exactly what he's sure. told. Okay. Banerjee's sure. not here to ask questions. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But it, that's also like, I feel not to like jump to that. Obviously, that's a harsh uh, exposition, but that is how the Fremen should be juxtaposed at this point. They're not heroes. They're not like a freedom fighters. Sure. These are people that are ready to subjugate a universe the same way they have been subjugated right. their whole existence. And I just thought, like, that was where uh, Banerjee hit that point of, like, oh, too far. Too far. <laughs> too far. Maybe you ask why. <laughs> Stilgar would ask why. Stilgar- the food would ask why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the food. Let's keep track of our captains here. <laughs> kind of a conscientious objector in some ways. He did what had to be done, whatever, but. Yep. Now, would Banerjee be wrong to beat the shit out of her? No, it's a face dancer. I get it. I get it. Because Sightail is in that body. And this is Sightail's moment of truth as Banerjee presents her, right? Sightail Lishna, this one person. And Paul looks over the disguise. Sightail's just avoiding his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Paul goes, this prompts Sightail to look up. And now Sightail sums up all the abilities in his role that he could. And then we go, Paul nodded. He saw how Cheney had been fooled. <laughs> like, Damn it. <laughs> Sidetail, I'm so sorry, buddy. I love that. I'm on page two of my notes, <laughs> which is like, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Rug is pulled out from under you. The timber of voice, everything reproduced in exactitude. Had it not been for his own Bene Gesserit training in the voice and for the web of Tao in which oracular vision enfolded him, this face dancer disguise might have galled even him. So, it's just saying, Sightail, you almost nailed it. And honestly, lest, like, things you could not possibly know Paul had at his disposable, at his disposal, you did it, mm-hmm. Right? Like, you could not count on, like, all Bene Gesserit training going into him. That's all that caught him. And the Dao. He needed the combination of Bene Gesserit and Fremen powers to catch him. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, but this is not Lishna. This is it. And then Paul tells us the other little things he's able to catch. Like, once he gets those cues, he's like, oh. Now I can see all the other things. Exactly. A little, all thanks to mom. It Really? Yeah. yeah. And in a way, grandma. Uh, it's that this Lishna, she's too old for her years. There's too much control in the voice. And then my favorite is the neck and shoulders miss the prideful poise of a Fremen by just a hair. A Fremen would have more pride than you. You're too humble. That's so good. Like that Fremen would know, like I could kill something here. Like, ugh. The haughtiness of it. I love it. It's not present. Dang. That, that's the one bit where, like, he doesn't put enough in. Every other thing it's too much of, mm-hmm. this one it's not enough. You know what? Um, I was just thinking about something that I want to hit on real quick before we go too far away Please, from please. Um, talking about Banerjee again. Um, not to get too involved with him, but some of the description here and, like, why we talk about this description, why you're just like, man, this guy is, like, he sucks. Like, he's a villain. Um. I, I think there is something to be found in this. Because when you talk about the description, it's a solid figure, almost fat, wisps of black hair fell down over the dark, wet-appearing skin of his forehead, like the crests of an exotic bird. What I think about when I I read that is, like, that's old Atreides. That's old Imperium-style stuff. I, I get vibes of Duncan. Oh, maybe that was, like, it, the wispy black hair. The, the wispy black hair, and then what's the bird thing that it says it of? Of, like, a crest of a bird? That it, it was almost like a... 
the crest of an exotic bird. So the crest of the exotic bird that makes me much like the goat, uh, like a, the crest of a bird is like a very a mating kind of thing for me sure. too. Like it's attracting, it's trying to get that attention, the flauntingness of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, just also whenever I think birds, I think Atreides. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That went right by me. Right. For sure. And whenever, whenever you describe someone, the way you describe them always has a hint of like their personality or their origin or what they're supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, uh, Banerjee does sort of represent that weird blend of Fremen mixed with the Imperium. I, I think especially by just saying the fat. Yeah. The, little, the fatness like, is a yeah. huge red flag, Moist right? hair, mm-hmm. like things that are just anti-Fremen, mm-hmm. so far removed from what they were. And uh, actually, I'm glad you really delved into that. That kind of brought something that I think I went over and glossed over, is that uh, I feel like he is sort of symbolic of the corruption that Paul has brought into the Fremen. Oh, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And just, there it is, right there, in the highest echelons of power, he's not Fremen. Mm Mm-hmm. In like, that's me being like Fremen racist. Like you know Atreidean what? Fremen is not Fremen. Thank you. The Atreidean, oh, I love that. It's a verb. What would it be? Adjective? At, is it an adjective at that point? Atreidean? Yeah. I wanted to say an adverb for some reason. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, but applying that to anything, the Atreidean empire, these Atreidean customs, mm-hmm. like it, it always is like a little bit of contempt in there. It's yeah. Like, mm, like they, rightfully they, so though. They, they like, they just ruin everything. <laughs> Even orphan rooms. Now, where do we uh, leave off with that? You, you derailed me there to get Sorry. back to Banerjee. No, 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 that's fine. I'm glad we did. Um, Sightail's moment of truth. Skies, right. Paul noting that this is Lishna. Now, these features are all so exact. They speak of a sympathy Sightail would have had for the victim. Oh. Twice this has happened, Mike. Already he's connected with Paul. And in this, I think this is beautiful. That one, this is Paul assessing this face dancer, knowing he's playing sure. a role, but being like, oh, even Paul's just like, you're giving her her, like, you're kind of paying homage to her respectfully, but like very, very thoroughly reenacting Lishna mm-hmm. as she would be. It's it's a little like um, morbid just in like the, yeah. the fascination of it. Uh, I, I can't, I just can't get past it. I don't know what to make of it, but Paul, knowing the threat is here, he proceeds carefully at the same time. I really feel like he pulls Sightail's leg a little bit for no reason. I'm just like, he just fucks with Sightail for the rest of this conversation, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he like, he knows he can't kill Sightail. And it's sort of like, why even like push him and prod him and make, right. you make him jump through some hoops that like Saitail almost fucks up. Moody doesn't get a lot of joy in life. It's a little thing. He really doesn't. He needs every bit he can get. Uh, but Paul welcomes Lishna here and Saitail visibly relaxes, betraying his confidence oh. ever so slightly to that Bene Gesserit view that Paul has. So Paul, he knows that he's Benny Gesserit trained. <laughs> Sightail, what are you doing? Everybody's fucking up, right? Uh, well, Sightail more so. Paul's just enjoying it for the yeah, moment. Yeah, sure. Like you said. Because uh, we're going to throw all these little speed bumps at Sightail. And uh, Sightail's like, oh, look, I bring a message. Paul's like, well, a man is his own messenger. <laughs> it's just like. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. He introduces himself as Othim's Lishna of Burke Aldeeb. Burke Aldeeb. Burke Aldeeb. Mm-hmm. Why Othim's? We still got to keep Otham's name in that title. Well, it's Otham's daughter. Yeah, but why not just Lishna? 
Well, because I think she's she's drawing that connection right to the the person that got her through the doorway. Sure. I think that that is all. Okay, like I are you just trying like, to allude to Frank always putting them as submissive? I do. Yes. I'm like I know I rarely go to his corner. That one I'm like I get that one because like he didn't then refers to it Lichna, but you know that just seems like how the Fremen do speak. They're very like old English and like how proper they are sometimes. I've never heard any other Fremen introduce himself that way. Not introduce, but like how Cheney talks to Paul sometimes. Sure. And plus, he's known her since the CH days. He would know who no, no, she no. is, right? She was a child when... So he was like he was like six, 16, right? Sure, yeah. She was like seven. Okay, fine. You know, like, he's not going to hang out with her, Mike. She's like <laughs> playing with Sandra and shit. Just, you got to actually... No, she's stabbing people in the battlefield. It's fine. That's true. She was, She might have hung out with Aaliyah <laughs> and had more in common. But I think he still isn't going to give her like... Paul was like a teenager at that sure. point. Sure, like sure. she was a child. Uh, let's let's make that leap that they were segregated. All right. As well as like we, there are like as much as uh, egalitarian as the Fremen are, they have gender roles within yeah, their society. Totally, totally. And I think that also maybe could uh, chalk up to their separation a little bit. And normally, like I'd be fine with that, but like in the context of things, Frank's got a track record of just like ignoring it. Definitely, definitely. No, hey, you, you don't come out of the woodworks with that one. You you are on firm footing for yeah. that accusation. Now I'm just paying attention to everything. Yes. Well, let's get to this. Because Sightail, he breathed softly. It went well. But now came... Yeah, love, he doesn't know, he doesn't know Paul caught him. That confidence is just going to stick with Sightail. He's like, I'm nailing this. This is... Fuck yeah, Sidetail. Yeah. Go, go. <laughs> it went well, but now came the crucial task. The Atreides must be guided onto that special path. He must lose his Fremen concubine in circumstances with no where no other shared the blame. Now Sidetail doesn't know. Well well, does that make you holler back to when Gaius Helen was like, What did you see? Did you see my hand right, in there? Right. Because Hightail specifically, and what I think we can extrapolate the conspiracy wants, is Paul needs to be responsible for Cheney's death. Right, right, right. No one else in that prescient view should have any blood on their hands. This, is, this reminds me of the dinner scene a little bit, where like in every, room, yeah. everyone sort of has their own agenda. Everyone's thinking, like... Uh, has their own viewpoint of the situation, and they have their own information of things. Like, we didn't know what was going through Kine's head, and like... Mm-hmm. So like the that conversation seen again through his perspective is so much different to view after you like realize who he is, what he knows. With Paul here, it's like Paul already knows all this stuff in a way. Paul already knows he's going like he's sort of choosing well, this fate for Cheney. You know what? If I can uh take that same parallel, it was like kinda like how you said where you don't know yet. Uh, at that point in the chapter. Sure. But at that point in time, Liette is in the same position. Paul's kind of, he knows where Butte's going. Sure. He knows where Tuick is. Mm-hmm. He knows where everyone, he probably knows what happened to that fucking carry-all at that time. Sure. He's just letting that whole thing go before him. Paul's letting this act kind of happen and right. just like waiting for it. Oh God, that didn't end well for Kynes though. What happened to Kynes? Uh, something <laughs> not, not, good, not all break his way. <laughs> Cheney, where are you at? <laughs> Took him. Yeah, no, I think it's a great parallel. This is kind of like a concentrate of that chapter. Mm-hmm. And just distilled down to like, let's just have two people. Let's raise the stakes of the conversation even sure. more and see where it plays out to. Uh, this uh, paragraph that I was just reading for you ends with this uh, sentence here. 
He had to be led to an ultimate realization of his failure and thence to, ex- uh, to acceptance of the Tlaxlu alternative. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So, may- I mean, maybe Saitil does have a play here, but, like, again, he just he doesn't know what Paul knows. Paul already knows he's going, like, he can't stop what's going to happen. It's going to, wait, um, and just to make sure I'm on the same page as you, you don't know what Saitil's play is? Sightail's play is that they need to convince Paul that he's the cause of Cheney's death, have Cheney die. I don't know how they plan to make that happen. Um, and then somehow introduce, like, uh, the Laxlu as, like, a, oh, well, like, what do you need from us? We'll help you out. What do you think he would need from them? I don't know. Oh, God. A Cheney Gola? A Cheney Gola. Oh, Puzzle pieces just snapped together in my head. I know. I, you did really well. You, I didn't expect you to so quickly snap into it. But yeah, that's exactly what they would offer. Oh, him, my Mike. God. And then they could program whatever they want to in a little Cheney Gola. And what's he going to do? Kill Cheney again? <laughs> well, wait, again? <laughs> well, it, what the, happened the, in your dark fantasy? Well, the idea is that he's going to blame himself for her death. Oh, okay, okay. I was imagining, like, him literally putting the Chris no, knife in no, the heart. No, 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 I'm like, no. nope, that one didn't work. No, but, like, that's the idea. Where, yeah, like, yeah, no, you, can, no he you're right. Do it again. He couldn't bear to do it again. That was like, uh, you know, you've, you've been confused with, like, oh, you could do so many religious ways you could say Moa Deep died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that was exactly <laughs> what I experienced there. I love that. Um, but nonetheless, Sightail, he's going to keep playing this act up. So he employs a Fedaikin code that means I bear bad tidings. He says this is Lishna over to Paul. Now, in Paul's head, we learn that uh, he's seen only the faintest edges of this entire moment, right? Mm-hmm. Outlines of this event. And he's just like, oh, shit. A powerful oracle conceals his face dancer. Good for you, Edric. Very rarely. That's another like, all right, all right. How, got, did, how does Paul not put that together, though? There's only one oracle on the planet right now. No, no, that's not true. Gaius Helen's down here. Okay. I think she is also, like, a pretty... Do you think she could shield someone? I, I don't... Yeah, yeah, no. I, you I, think so? I think so. Oh. Maybe... I, I don't think she could. I, can't, I, I think see, pressing, I see where you're coming from. I for think sure. she's got a little bit, but I do not think it's to the degree that Paul and uh, Ooh, Edric no. have. Oh man, I, you know, we never got like specificity, but I, the tarot though throws it into a mix where she did tell us she was intentionally doing that for that reason. But I, I kind of want to lean with you where uh, I don't think she's on the same level as like the navigator and the Quisach Hotterock, right? Right? Of like how they deal with pressing, right? 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 Yeah, yeah. Two, I mean, very different schools. Hard to get into it, but I, I, I think I'll, I'll yield back a little on that for sure. Somebody concealing this nonetheless. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting that Paul doesn't cue in. I'm like, probably Edric, probably Edric. Paul knows what he cannot do. He can't kill Sightail. That's it. Because he just knows it's like, if I kill him, like something bad's definitely going to happen here. Well, that will guarantee a future that I've like X'd off of right. my possibilities. Like, I don't agree. So, like, he does have, maybe that's not the current prescience, but like his memory 
of like things you've seen? I don't know. Cause like things are muddy right now. He can't really. Like, yeah. 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 I, I always think Paul has a good sense of like where the paths were. Sure. Right. Like he always, well, seemed, he can record and categorize it. Exactly. I think he uses that mentat cause he's always like eh, all these variables mean I'm on like one of these three paths sure. that I saw at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's walking a tightrope basically. And he, he does want to ultimately change the future. He just knows I can't get on the one where I killed this guy. Sure. No matter what site I wish so. Sightail knew this too. I like Sightail doesn't realize what's saving him. Uh, well, imagine if Sightail knew, no matter what you do today, you can't be killed. Yeah. You can do anything you fucking want. True. Imagine where he would have taken this conversation. Like, yeah, no, because he thinks it's like at any moment he could have like uh, Banerjee just come up behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Like that knife's in Banerjee's hands. Now, Paul, though, is going to turn and just be like, all right, what's your message? And at this, Banerjee moves so we can see the face. And this is very specifically not in the same way. Remember when Stilgar, like, stealthily moved mm-hmm. in, like, a Fremen way that didn't invade in your privacy, but was like, yeah. I need to see what's going on in your head. It was, like, this really Banerjee's weird. Banerjee's very much like, I'm here, by the way. <clears throat> I imagine him standing, like, dr- like an inch away from her face, <laughs> just, like, looking at her. <laughs> and uh, at this, Lishna kind of looks at him. Sightail, and sees that he still has the knife on the hand. And Sightail says, the innocent do not believe in evil. And this is like Paul's oh, like, good, good one. Very Fremen. Lishna. No, well, no, Lishna would have said that. Oh. Specifically, it's even like, it's not only Fremen, but on character. Like, you captured her. That is it. And with this, there's a pang of like the memory of her. But Paul's like, I don't have time to mourn her. Like, I can't mm. entertain this, but it does hit him because it's so on key for the character because Sidetail is a fucking amazing face dancer, Mike. Yeah. Do not, I know this is the first one you've seen, but his skills are unparalleled. He is standing before a prescient emperor playing this role. Perfect. He it's is the uh, Meryl Streep of face dancers. <laughs> Now, in, in, uh, if they do a movie of Messiah, I want Mel Streep to play something. No matter what. <laughs> Don't care how old she is. Bring out a retirement for this one. We'll give her a face mask, like in, uh, just to go all, I know I was going to say back to Maverick, but, uh, but Tom Cruise in uh, Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. The yeah. classic. Yeah. Um, now, nonetheless, Sightail, he really wants time alone with Paul. Mm-hmm. So he, he tries that little line, the innocent do not believe in evil. Which is just like, come on now. That's not going to work on Banerjee. Banerjee, I think, has evil in him. <laughs> like, this man is hardcore. The same face to atrocity versus... I think like, Banerjee is like what we would have expected from like the super soldier Atreides soldier. Yeah! Make. Yes! I think Banerjee is the epitome of that. Not what Leto would make. That Thufir would have made if he yep. had given the opportunity. I think Leto would have built morals into his... If yeah. anything, Lord, Leto would have built... Dufer f- would have put an off switch for the morals. It's like, okay, well, let me tell you what you, you really you need You turn to those off when yeah. we need a little knife work that you won't balk at. Yeah, I think for, I think Leto, don't, I don't think he has it in him. Honestly. Yeah. All of his soldiers would have had a little fault in them. You need that You need that madness. Um, but, Snytail, he wants to try to get alone with Paul. That's the whole point, right? Mm. That's why he's trying to give this message in private. Banerjee's not having that, though. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul even throws out the phrase of, like, look, he's Fremen. Can't he hear, uh, can't my friend hear anything I can? And Sidetail, he's unsure if this is a real Fremen rule. And I love that. Again, Paul, you didn't have to make this that complicated. Yeah. But now he's like, 
Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Just making up rules. <laughs> the emperor makes his own rules, which doesn't that reveal you don't know if you got it wrong? Right, right, right. Of like, no, Lishna, that's a Fremen rule. But it gets by, because again, he's not fooling anyone but Banerjee, I guess. And the message is, come to Otham and bring Cheney, because she is Sayadina, and this is a water matter. So this confirms for Paul that Fremen are in fact involved in the conspiracy in some manner. Okay. They're aiding and abetting. Yeah. Uh, well, we already knew that with uh, Farouk. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess we had the inside. We just um, don't know how deeply it's going. Well, we didn't know if Farouk was maybe playing a double game. Yeah. He could have always been conning the Sightail to try to turn him over to um, Paul. And maybe that's how Paul knew about Lishna. Oh. That could have always been an avenue for us. But no, that, that's not the case. Farouk was genuinely uh, turned against the Fremen. Jeez. Which is just very sad for our favorite sweeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, it also means everything fits the shape of the future that Paul chose, which again has to undermine that everything then is, this is the path he wants to be on mm-hmm. everything we know from last chapter, everything we're going with in this chapter. This is where Paul chose to be at this point. Now, Otham will tell Paul about the plot. He could not leave the house himself without causing his own death. He would have been ambushed or something. Like, he's under the watch of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Energy is going to be on point here. He's got two big questions. One, couldn't he have just told you? And two, why would Altham risk his own daughter? I'm getting, like, Gurney vibes from Energy. Yeah, now. right? Yeah. The role he's playing, the, the mix of smuggler also, like, and tying in. The assumption that, like, he cannot... Uh, Standing before Muad'Dib and everything, he can assert himself into this conversation to ask these questions. Banerjee's got a I, lot of... I totally agree with the other thing. I'm like, what? Like, Banerjee, what? this is a conversation between Moadib and Otham's daughter. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, I love... Like, Absolutely. Just you two. No, you raise enough red flags, conversation over. You're talking to Banerjee now. Yeah. Like, he steps in. And I'm all for it. I love this guy takes no shit. Uh, and, like, when we got the... Uh, Lishna Saitail is only going to answer one of these questions. Look, look, the details are all locked into human distrans. That's all I know. Mm. And Paul's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go alone then. No, no, Cheney's going to go with you. <laughs> Birth Saitail. <laughs> and it's like, all right. Paul stands firm, though, and he's like, look, her health isn't going to per- uh, permit it. This isn't happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Saitail, you just hit a brick wall. Like, you're not getting past this. And this confoundment pokes another hole in Sightail's yeah. performance. Before Sightail could steal them, strange emotions <laughs> passed over the girl features. Frustration. <laughs> anger. Sightail was reminded that every victim must have a way out of escape, even such a one as Moa Deeb. All right. Yeah. Now, the conspiracy had not failed, though. This Atreides remained in the net. Now, I love that one. Just touching on that we get back to, you have to give them a way out. Mm-hmm. It's so built into everything the Tleaxlu do. Is it just Sightail or is it every Tleaxlu or every face dancer? Tleaxlu. Really? It is like overarching in their culture. And this will be something that Frank keeps all the way through the end of the series. Hmm. They always leave you a way out. And even if it like angers the guy in the middle setting the trap, he's sort of like, Fuck, I got I have to leave right. the way out. Now, I can't help but think it is built into like the Tlaxlu must do it for a reason. 
I mean, like, I was thinking, like, it's kind of cool. It's like, it's nice that they do that, but it's like, it's not really nice at the same time. Like, you remember the Saw movies? Yep. Like, yeah. the whole point of Jigsaw is like, you always have a way to get out. It's just going to cost you. Yep. It's like, how much are you willing to go through? But so, like, I guess Sightail, I take away a very similar energy. Definitely. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, if anything, if Frank saw Saw, he might have, like, cranked this up a little bit. I'd be like, they stole that from me! <laughs> yeah, I deliberately did this. What are you doing? <laughs> it's in the, yeah, no, I think there's the Jigsaw and Sightail. Yeah. So he would be a great Tlaxlu. Yeah. Jigsaw, that's how you make a Gola anyway. <laughs> I mean, he was an engineer, right? Oh, I don't Yeah, something. Yeah. It's just going to be the precursor for it. Oh, I think God. the overlap there is great. But, I mean, the Tlaxo were meant to kind of have this uh, a horror aspect to them anyway, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. With the genetic mutilation, it kind of seems mm-hmm. like. The no-holds-bars kind like of Like, they're science. very strange morals. Yeah, yeah. No, lack of. Yeah. Well, there not, are. I don't think there are morals. What, what would you say their morals are? You wouldn't are? Say, think that that's a moral? Like, must always have a way out? Oh, it's not a good moral, no, but yeah. it is a moral. No, you you can't judge one to the other. It is. A, it just is a moral. A moral. I, you can't put good or evil to it. That I would support, but like in the way that they do it. But like, yeah, yeah, they have it. yeah. No, I agree. I I think you are right there for sure. It's, it's the fundamental thing. I I love it. I think it's really great. I think it makes total sense too. Like this lack of um, uh, absolutism. This lack of like. Uh, firmness to it that things need to be malleable need mm. to be able to change like change is a fundamental part of any plan they make it's just like it just coalesced to dna so well right right yeah and like especially for a face dancer it is the epitome of your existence well like so the face dancer too remember he's a lower cast of the society true he's not even the top like the masters are the ones really guiding things. yeah absolutely it's so good <laughs> which is like a shame because Sightail. Yeah, so he's so good. But like he even if he is like, you know, lower servant kind of thing, the fact that like he's been put to be as like a representative in this conspiracy is huge. Yeah. Because you have like the head of the Benny Jesuit, more or less. Yep. And you've got like I mean, I don't really know uh Edric's place within the spacing guild, but I mean he's gotta be a somebody. No, I mean honestly, it has to be very high. Yeah. Because one, he's the first ambassador to Arrakis. Sure. With the known emperor, like that's huge. I yeah. think I think he's got to be one of the best. And like so, highest of Benjesserit, like probably one of the highest of the spacing guild. Yeah, Yerlon, yeah. the highest of the Imperium that you can like take into your conspiracy. That was very generous of you to give to her. Yeah, I mean, like Princess Irlon, right? I, I mean, honestly, Mike, she's just there. Uh, like you say that she's got. Uh, access to places of authority, though. She was the question. emperor's daughter when Paul merged with the empire. True. And yeah. by by name, though, she is technically the wife of the emperor. She is. She is. It's like if you need someone to get somewhere within the, the castle or the imperium, she can fucking do it. No questions asked. I just would just point out that she did nothing to get herself there. No, I... I totally I don't disagree like, with that. Like Paul, a total product yeah. of like other people building her into this position. And it's a matter of what will she do with what they built. Oh man, you know what? Left and right, I just I never know how I feel about Irlan. Sometimes I'm like, oh fuck Irlan. Other times I'm like, oh poor Irlan. Ah, uh, yeah. Ultimately, she, you're right though. She is a victim. Ultimately, like Cheney, I, I really love her. She's a victim of the Bene Gesserit. She's a victim of the Imperium. And like looking at just like only if you examine where she is now and what she's doing with the position she's in. I love it. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Like, because again, like I said, she got forced into that position, much like Paul did. Yeah. She's trying to make the best of it. 
I don't blame her for anything. Yeah. Like giving Chena that contraceptive, you were just trying to get a baby and you like everyone had their means. At the very least, she's been able to write to her heart's content. Yeah. That's more than her mother got. Well, and dude, she plays the game so well, the Imperium game. Mm-hmm. She's she's great at it. Yeah. She survived assassination attempts growing up when Sissia never got to her. Yeah. She's made it through Paul's kingdom. Cheney hasn't killed her yet. Like <laughs> yet, she, yet. She's yet. doing something right. <laughs> oh, but let's carry on with this. Sure. Uh, we've left Saitail a little bit in the dust here because <laughs> it's all about him right here, yeah, Mike. Sure, sure, sure. This continues with the conspiracy had not failed, though. This Atreides remained in the net. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul's caught him. Paul knows he's a face dancer, yeah. but I love that he's like, right in this moment, like, I they're got both, it. They're both thinking, I got, I got you. Him. I got him. <laughs> exactly. And Gaius Helen's in the basement, like, and I have both of you in my trap. And Edgar just stirs, like, hmm. is someone thinking something? Did someone say my name? I'll go back to sleep. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you're doing all right, though, Edric. Um, now, uh... He brings up uh, this is Saitel. He thinks about that Quisatonic uh, that he brewed that destroyed himself. And then we get to this last line in here. Uh, it'd be the way with this one. And then the Gola. So again, he's saying the Quisatonic will destroy himself before turning into it the opposite. And it's going to be the same with the Gola. What do we get into there? Because now he is counting that Edric is enacting his previous plan. Sure, he's going to prod the Gola. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he does it, though. For like, sure. With, I mean, we already talked about Frank is uh, infamous for just like, but like, out important you've things. already seen Paul start to do it. Yeah. Sidetail just doesn't know. Okay. That was it. Okay. Okay. Now, I don't know the explosive, because like, he needs ultimately, like, so what, do you, Duncan? What is the opposite of him? The opposite of Duncan? Well, what's the quote is going to be that a creature who has developed firmly into one pattern, he'd destroy himself before changing into the opposite of the pattern. It'd be the same with the Gola. Do you, I mean, do you think hate is the opposite of Duncan? What? I mean, it's whatever we're awakening him to. Hmm. I guess it's so hard to know because we never really got to know Duncan that well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the one thing you know about Duncan? Um, he can't hold his liquor. Truth. Um, but oh, he's a maniac on a thopter. Yep. Yep. All, but all the things I'm not he's reaching loyal for. Loyal to a fault, though. He will. There like, we go. go down. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's that incredible. He died for the Atreides. Right. It's the. I mean, we've never seen... He's the only one that did that. Technically, yeah. Yeah. Thufir died, like, to save the Atreides, but, like, Duncan mm. died for the Atreides, sure. right? Or I should rather say Duncan, uh, Thufir died instead of hurting the Atreides. Sure, but, sure. like, Duncan literally was at their defense, consciously chose it, did that part. That's going to be it. So if we can put him in a situation like that, that maybe? maybe. Oh, you think that would awaken... Not yeah. awakened, but like that's going to be have to be the situation to be the opposite to push him to some extreme. It's like we're going to put Paul's life in threat. All right. Well, we're going to see everything. Come- headboard. We can stick something in there. Mm-hmm. Now, this makes that uh, Benetlaxu axiom seem like an essential law of the universe. Then, being that uh, we have to allow them to have a way to escape. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a bit that he's been expanding on upon Paul. 
and that absolute control is impossible and the best chance for success in any uh, situation. That you need freedom and flexibility in all aspects. I think of what uh, the slacks loop permeate through any plan they go. Okay, yeah. Those are just uh, fundamental principles to them, which are all anathema to feudalism. Oh. Just a little comparison, throwing that out there. Interesting, because we always compare the Imperium to, like, that's just classic that, feudalism. Well, that is what they're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, entirely. And, like, the Benetlexi were, like, evil and this and that. Well, they're just progressive, but <laughs> they're just that other option we yeah. have out on the edge of the universe. Well, you're going to be on Ix. you got to be progressive. Now, well, they're not on Ix. No? We're on Thalem. Talon. Ben H. Lilex. The Ixians are on X. Oh, that's right. And the Spacing Guild and like whatever else we Why have. Why was there. I thinking they were from X? I don't know. Uh, oh, um, the uh, the Mentat school could kind of confuse, but they don't go to X. They go no. to Tlilax. You know what? Horror. I think I was thinking of the board game because the expansion comes with the Ixians and the Tlilax. They, they always are next to each other. Yeah. Like They are the strangest bit where like. Anytime you do something base with Dune, the next expansion is the Ixians and the Benchlaxlu. <laughs> and they always get buddied up when they're they're basically enemies in a way. Like I just mm. I don't think they cooperate. Sure, sure. So, to a full extent. They have other I love that one is soft science, one is hard science, and that's just where they sit in the it, universe. It's like that's their only the job. the Souks and the Benny Desert. It's like, you don't do that. Yeah. yeah but, but you do in a way. Yeah, but like also not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, back to this, though. Without forcing it, uh, Sychael tries to move the decision to Cheney, being mm. that, you know, Paul was going to be like, I'm going on my own. Sure. You know, yeah. Cheney's health is too much. He's like, maybe she decides. But Paul's like, no, I decided. Did you not hear? <gasps> Moving on. I am the emperor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God damn it. And I love Sideo though. Hey, good try, man. Good try. Try like, to Cheney would Chaney, make the wrong choice. Yeah, it's like Cheney's not gonna like she's not doing well. You're Cheney's friend, right? You wouldn't want her to be in harm, right? <laughs> yep. And it puts Sidetail right in that place. I love Sidetail's like inner monologue. Boxed. And so Paul's like, look. Why don't you take me? <laughs> no, no, can't do that. Can't do that. And then we, we get to the after all. Well, you're Cheney's friend, right? And then boxed. I love that. Yeah. That's so frank. I can't help but hear. Uh, that's something he would say in his mind. But Sightail, he still thinks he has pulled uh, pulled one over on the great Moadib, right? He still thinks he's got this. No one's caught on to me. I'm still this Lishna, mm-hmm. just Autumn's daughter here. Don't mind me. And Paul is just being fremen cautious. That's mm-hmm. all. He doesn't know that I'm a face dancer. So Sightail, he carefully sidesteps this one. And he's like, Autumn uh, said you wouldn't risk me. <laughs> and and then asked for an asylum, which can't be denied her. Sure. And Paul's like, all right, once again, good job. Clever, clever face dancer. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, then Hara will take me then. And that's Stilgar's wife. So I just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know no Hara. What are you talking about here? <laughs> Paul's just like, God damn it. All right. Uh, does your mother live? And this one was kind of to me like, is this another test? Yeah, I think it might be. And I mean, like, Sidell, he's like, goes to that Rolodex and my true mother's dead, but my second mother lives. And he's like, ah, she's from Sietch Tabar, right? Well, she'll serve in Cheney's place. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, Paul's like, I remember her. It's like, she'll she already do. knows the answer to these questions. He's just, I trying know. To, yeah. I guess where he's fucking <laughs> he's with him a little with bit. Tail. Batting him around. And, uh, Sidell, he tries one little bit of, or no, uh, Paul's like, look. I remember her. This is all said and done. He turns to Banerjee. Have attendants take Otham's Lishna to suitable quarters. Banerjee nodded. Attendants. 
The key word, this messenger, was meant to be put under special guard. He took her arm. She resisted. Oh, what, what? <laughs> right? Sorry, Sandel. Also, just another point. Again, the introduction, you had me. It's like, I could totally see that on the, like, the, uh, the tiles and stuff. On what? On, like, Otham's Lishna. Yes. But we're doing it again. It's just in regular, like, is he saying this mockingly? Is that the why we're having it here in front of her Ooh, name? Paul? Yeah. Definitely. You think that's why that... I, I think for Paul, this is the well, jig no. is up kind of moment. I feel like Paul is amping up that one. You're playing that sympathy to her. Like sure. again, the person who understands her, me saying Otham's Lishna is not me calling you Lishna. Ah, it, right. Doesn't that distance you in a little okay. bit of a way? See, I, I like that a lot more. For the second one. Yeah. I can't defend the first one, but I can defend Paul's use of yeah, it a yeah, little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think it does put that li- put that uh, distance between you and then and makes then, you feel at least some guilt for your crime, hopefully. And, and then I guess at that point, it's like you couldn't have this moment if you didn't like introduce and address that in the start of the chapter as like Otham's Lishna. We, yeah, within yeah. like the text of it. I'm coming around to it, but I was still just like, I got to point him out. You've come full circle. I like it. I like it. Now, Saitel wants to know like, wait, wait, wait. How how will you get to Otham? And Paul's like, she pleaded. I love it. Yeah, Paul's like, tell Banerjee. And Paul's like, no. <laughs> like, Banerjee, he's my friend. You can tell Banerjee anything. Banerjee's got enough. Like you can tell me anything. Well, then this is also like resolved immediately. So like, why did Sightail not just tell him, or why didn't Paul just like? It's very weird interjection because Paul just turns to Banerjee and he's like, hey, who's uh? And Banerjee's like, I got a guy. I got, a, I got an awesome guy. Oh, he just okay. has this encyclopedic memory. He's like, I can get the guy that can bring it to Otham. And then she's like, all right, well, I guess that's how I'm getting to Otham. Oh. And Sidetail's just like, oh, okay. I guess I just wasn't allowed to yeah. tell you how to get there. Paul's like, well, now I'm going to go alone. So, like, is Banerjee, like, pseudo-mentat? He's got an encyclopedic memory. No, I or mean, is- that. I think, again, because he, he points to, like, that's how he rose through the ranks. I think that's just hitting out of, like, that's the guy you need. Uh, like, so, uh, growing up, one of the first grocery stores I worked at, the guy that was the overnight manager, mm-hmm. the reason why he had his position, because he basically, he would always do the whole liquor order for this entire wall sure. in his head. And it was oh something he wouldn't really need the gun for. He just kind of go through it and run it through. And he, so he could do it very fast. And it just kind of earned him his station. Now, was that any, like, great ability that he had? Does he have, like, some super computer ability? No, but it was like that's still he, amazing he, though. But he he just he done that job, you know, for sure. so long where it's like I can look at that and just get it done, and no one has to question it. I feel like Banerjee is just like this great pragmatic realist, and clearly how how cold uh, I want to say like cold hearted he is, and like you sure. know he's he won't balk at a little knife work like sure, sure, would sure. want. Like he just excels in this position beyond the point that a normal Fremen would in some manner. That that yeah. is all I count uh, Banerjee as, and I just love that Banerjee seems like the ultimate um, uh, body man for like uh, an emperor. Okay, He's like, you know what, you know what? Like talking about, we've had a lot of Banerjee talk, more Banerjee talk than I thought we would this chapter. Uh, talking about like the uh, the Black Wisps, like being very Duncan. Like, do you think Dun- like Banerjee oh, yeah. was like Duncan replacement in a way for Paul? Ooh, like a little filler. Yeah, yeah, Bit- a subconscious. Yeah. definitely, definitely. You think Banerjee is a little jealous of hate? Uh, maybe. I think he's moved in on Banerjee time. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, this is when me and Paul went. I, I used to duel with Muad'Dib. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's the feeling I get. I feel like Banerjee's been put out to go on the curve a little bit. A little displaced. 
You think Banerjee will kill a hate in the end? <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. Just a quick... I think, oh, I don't want to think about that. You know, no one gets stabbed in the Holy Quarter, Mike, but we do find bodies <laughs> later in the day. Those are Banerjee bodies. Oh, no. Uh, but Paul, he tells him, like, look, Banerjee, you know a guy? I'm going to go alone. Banerjee's like, I don't think so, boss. And Paul's like, Ahem, that's not your place. This is where Banerjee's like, shit, I, I really don't get to count on you again. Very well, very well. Uh, Paul's like, look, Awesome wants it this way. Paul said, barely concealing the irony which consumed him. This is why, yeah, Mike, I do think he sees through all of this shit. Yeah, when he's sure. talking with Sidell, I think it's palpable on his tongue yeah, sure. how much he's like layering this in. Now, this is just an emperor's command. There's no if and or buts about this. Brings us to the end of the chapter. Paul turned toward the blank screen behind his desk. He felt that he waited for the arrival of a rock on its blind journey from some height. Should he tell Banerjee about the messenger's true nature? He wondered. No. Such an incident had been written, uh, hadn't been written on the screen of its vision. Any deviation here carried precipitate violence. A moment of fulcrum had to be found, a place where he could will himself out of the vision, if such a moment existed. Ooh, I'm spilling out of that chapter. That's We're good. Really nothing to grasp onto. I I love this chapter. It's, it's a fun one. Plus, like, we really get to see your sort of uh, Sightail going at it. Yeah, like I said, I, why I wanted to elevate Sightail to those, mm. those heights at the beginning was for this moment here. When he stands before Paul, he holds his own. Like, he gets caught, but it's by the slimmest of margins and, like, right. the overconfidence that Edric noted it's, in that previous chapter. It's a very political conversation where, like, you know what the other person wants. You just can't say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And you just sort of, like, you play word games back and forth. Yeah. You're trying to guide with sort of innuendo and double meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, but I oh. I mean, who do you think comes up the winner? Who's getting what he wants out of this conversation? I don't think either of them are going to get what they want. I mean, I guess uh, Saitel did sort of convince Paul to go check it out. Cheney's not coming along, which now, is... Now, that's a catch. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't really get what he want, but like, hey, the, the fish is still trapped, so to speak. Now, since... Cheney's not going with him. We're going to have to keep, like, whatever happens to Paul, remember that Cheney should have been along for this entire right, adventure, right? right? While this goes down. Uh, conversely, we'll have to see if anything, like, becomes, like, is it better that Cheney stayed home? Sure. Is it better that Sightail is now imprisoned just as deeply as Guy as Helen is? Do you think Sightail's going to escape, though? I feel like I could see Sightail killing Banerjee and then, like, walking out. You think Sidetail could... I, I think after so. that introduction to Banerjee, you think Sidetail could kill Banerjee? I don't know. I like Banerjee a lot. <laughs> ben, he came in as a fucking hard ass. <laughs> I'm like, I'll give you... Sidetail's got a lot going on. Sure. I've not seen the killer in him just yet. True, because like Banerjee just said, like, hey, moment's notice, I'll kill her if you want. Like, I'll, whatever I'll, you say, I'm for No, no, it wasn't even kill her, Mike. I'll just beat her for yeah. no reason and then prop her back up so we can have this conversation. Like... He's hardcore. Banerjee is a tough motherfucker. He is a he is a smuggler who's made it in a fremen world, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I I got nothing to offer for that. But we'll see. Come we'll next see. chapter. Now, 
Let's move on then, Mike. I think we got some uh, some bills to pay, Chum some taxes, taxes to cover. I, we haven't heard Chome in a long time. It's much as Irulan. You know what? That's right. They've been out of the picture for a hot sec. <laughs> They've been giving a low profile since book one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're just here in the back window. We, we raised it. our flag that one time. It did not end well. <laughs> It was great to get Sightail again. I'm super happy about that. There's no chapter like a Sightail chapter. There's no chapter like a Sightail chapter. You know, try, trying to play coy, fool the Muad'Dib, but you know who you don't have to fool with us, Derek? What's that? You don't have to fool Audible. And right now, they're offering our listeners a free 30-day trial when they visit audibletrial.com slash SpiceWorldPod. What do they get from that free trial? When they sign up, they get one credit they can use to pick from one of thousands of titles, like Dune. If they sign up with the Amazon Prime account, two credits instead you mean they could get doom messiah as well as well from then on they'll receive an additional credit each month to help them build an amazing audiobook library one credit was one audiobook no price included doesn't matter what it costs pick anyone you want anyone you want even one of the originals i always get the most expensive ones i know mike you're you're cheapskate i gotcha (laughs) i gotcha Derek, what are you listening to what am i oh my uh my favorite uh this is a classic from me uh i read this actually in junior high and Going back into it, I have like just these great nostalgic memories for it, mm-hmm. much like the Soul Forge. This one is called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Have you ever heard of The Alchemist? You no, know, it sounds super familiar. I've never read it. It was like a really popular one. So like, it is, it's very simple. It's sort of like a little fable reading through. Like, don't expect to get anything life-changing out of it, unless you read it when you're really young. Like, again, I read it in junior high and it was sort of like, whoa! And that, like, it's a pretty cliche kind of thing, but it's a beautiful little story. Paulo Colo is kind of like a self-help guy, so all these things have, like, really strong moral values in it. But it's basically, the kid, he has this dream. He's in Spain. He's he's a shepherd. He brings his sheep around. He's sleeping in this uh, broken down uh, cathedral, and he dreams of this uh, treasure buried beneath the um, pyramids of Egypt. Ooh. And he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go get that treasure. Sells his sheep. Goes on this great adventure to get to the pyramids of Egypt, and you follow him on that journey. And it's just about reaching for your dreams during life. That's all it's a parable for. Of just like, don't take anything for nonchalance. Like, go for it. The universe is speaking to you. Like, you can make your dreams a reality. So it's a super positive message. My favorite little anecdote story from it, which I'm gonna recall for you here, is the story of the egg and the castle. And it's like this boy, he goes to the castle, his mother sends him, the king is super wise, right? Go receive wisdom from the king and bring it back to us. And he goes to this king, he asks him for the meaning of life, and the king's like, ah, I'll tell you the meaning of life. But first, you gotta take this spoon, he puts an egg on the spoon, and he goes, take this, walk around the castle. And the kid's like, but, come back, don't break that egg. It's like, okay, sure, sure. So he walks around the castle. He's keeping his eye on the egg. And sure, goes upstairs, goes downstairs, goes around, comes around, goes to the moat, comes all up around. Oh, no. Back into the throne room. Eggs right out of the spoon, man. Shows the king. He's like, ha ha. And the king's like, fantastic. What was the favorite painting that you saw? And the king's like, oh, I didn't see any painting. I was focused on the egg, keeping it on the spoon. He's like, well, you fool. Go back and now tell me the favorite painting that you see when you go around the castle. So the king goes around the castle. And I think it's time he drops the egg. He's looking at the painting. Right. He got so dang. He comes back to the king, and the king's like, "Ah, now what? What do you think the life lesson there is, Mike?" Oh God, 
I was I wasn't prepared for like a, a Zen you gotta tone. Get, you got to get to the morals. Every chapter is going to hit you with a moral. That one's just you can't just walk around, you know, keeping your you know eyes on just your job and just doing your work and keeping that going. Mm-hmm. You have to enjoy life too. You need to find the balance between both things. You need to keep the egg on the spoon, but you also need to see the paintings as you move through the castle. I like it. You see that? Like that's a super simple story. That's a super great metaphor that you can walk away with. Sure. And like especially if you're reading this for like again, I read. And junior high, all these things are like a little more dramatic when it's the first time you've encountered a trope like that. Mm-hmm. And you're just, that revelation is a little more like hits you with a little bit more oomph to it. And so the book is just full of little tidbits like that. Well, this kid makes his journey across to these pyramids of Egypt to learn his ultimate lesson when he gets there. I loved it. Paulo Colo, you can get the book for free online. Every book he writes, he puts out for free so that anyone can get in the world. Because oh. he just wants people to read them, and he sells them too. Because he knows he'll make enough money back. That's really awesome. That was one That's of the most amazing actually. things I learned when I first got that book. Wow. So The Alchemist by Paulo Colo. Can't recommend it enough. I love it. I love that. But uh, Derek, this free trial. Last oh. 30 days. Your 30 days are up. What if you don't want to continue? Wow. Like, what they're going to do. And this is pretty on key. This is pretty on key. What's going to happen is when you get to the end of it, you're going to have a relative show that you're pretty sure passed away a little while ago. <laughs> That's horrifying. It's really scary. You're going to start asking questions. They're going to be a little evasive. This is going to end, though, with an ominous warning that, like, if you 30 days and you can still cancel. And I don't know why they're doing this method. I'm pretty sure they were doing something else before. But it, it's the warning. Hey, heads up. Cancel your membership before you're charged. Very Hamlet. Most people at these days will get a courtesy email for their 30 days are up. Let them know if they can cancel in time. That would be so much less terrifying. <laughs> I know. And we're in a lot of shakes Less emotional scarring, if you will. But hey, if you do cancel, you get to keep your entire library. Everything you bought with your credits, all of those free originals that were on there, mm-hmm. those are yours for life. That's fantastic. And we know you guys understand the value of a good book. You read Dune. We're going to help you get a free audiobook when you visit audibletrial.com slash spiceworldpod. So go on there, guys. If you learn some moral lesson that you can pass on to me, let me know what it is when you head to audibletrial.com slash SpiceWorldPod. I love it. All right, let's do it. We're back to it. All right, Mike, we've paid our bills. You ready to do this little deep dive? Yeah, so what are we doing today? You know where we're going. Is it going to be the maker of Dune? Yeah. The Insights of a Master of Science Fiction, edited by Tim O'Reilly. Oh, am I supposed to say the, say, the whole thing? The whole thing, Mike, oh, if you shit. don't. Why, got, why do you think they put the words in the cover, Mike? They're not for you to not read? That's insane. <laughs> now, we've done some possible futures, and I'm like, that's been fun. That's been fun. But I think it's time for us to get uh, maybe something from Frank's, Frank's own words. Okay. Now, this is going to be an excerpt from an interview Tim O'Reilly did with Frank. In uh, it's be in the seventies. I think he said it was in uh, this is in seventy nine. The following reminiscences about Frank's childhood are excerpted from my first interview with him in nineteen seventy nine. Okay, we called this section "Country Boy." <laughs> okay, we'll figure out why. Right, Don't sure, give me sure. that. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> That's out of nowhere. <laughs> Frank is indeed a country boy. Now, uh, this is basically like, I don't have any of Tim O'Reilly's questions here. He's only included Frank's response. This is like uh, broken up in several paragraphs of only a few sentences with each one. But it seems like just Frank kind of telling a story. And I think he edited it pretty concisely where we'll have a little narrative here. Mm -hmm. But this begins. 
I grew up on the Olympic and Kinsack peninsulas in the state of Washington. And even when we lived in Tacoma, we lived on the outskirts. It was sufficiently lightly populated that you could keep your own chickens and a cow. So I was mostly a country boy. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where I really have trouble in a city. Remembering streets. I know how to get there because you turn right at the drugstore. It's a landmark consciousness. My pattern ability is deeply seated in a landmark consciousness rather than a label consciousness. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Sure. Uh, I don't know about you, but like that's definitely how I grew up learning everything. Yeah, same here. I mean, like, I still do that. Yeah. You, you turn right there. You go around. You head up until you see the old country drug store, and then you turn to the second left after that. But you can't get there from here. You have to go over the bridge. <laughs> you can never get there from here. Never. Now. Another thing I've noticed about the difference between country and city, and this is where he's going like old comedian style, right? Mm -hmm. Country people do this, city people do that, (laughs) is that you find many more self-starters who aren't stopped by a certain kind of problems coming from the country than the city. In the city, if your car breaks down, you go to the garage and, and they're closed. You throw your hands up in the air and you say, hey, I'll come back Monday. In the country, if your hay baler breaks down, you gotta get the hay in. And you say, well, get me the toolkit. <laughs> now I'm like, those are just two unfair comparisons, I feel. <laughs> the point being that the car can be fixed on Monday, yeah. and you can get alternative transportation until Monday. Mm-hmm. The hay baler, yes, is essential to the job. Sure. Not unlike the car, which can be replaced by the auto other transportation. <laughs> you're working on the car. You don't need to commute to work. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe borrow somebody's hay baler. I get that that's probably too far away. There aren't going to be two farms like that. But I'm just like, I don't think it's fair, Frank. I get the message you're making, though. Mm-hmm. The people in the ta- the country, they don't got time to even take that out. You got you to gotta fix it today. All right. All right. I'm on board. I would say I would also say that I was very heavily marked by a journalistic attitude of looking at the world. There's a particular kind of attitude that this sets up, and that is, if you want to find out, you ask questions. I've never t- hesitated to ask anybody anything I wanted to know. Sometimes you have to get into a quid pro quo situation. Now that I feel like makes a bad journalist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't get into quid pro quo situation if you want to be a journalist. <laughs> he is going to rationalize this out in a way, though. Especially if you're asking an expert to teach you his expertise or a sufficient amount of it that you can write knowledgeably about it. Uh, what you have to do, and what I did, is knock on doors and say, look. I can do something which may be useful to you. <laughs> I can write. Do you have any papers you need written? Or Door any, shots. <laughs> or anything of this. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, look, I can write papers. <laughs> who, who are you? <laughs> but I love it. It does seem like this is how Frank uh, got a few of his jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would ghostwrite for them. And learn, oh. like, some of their things. But, like, there has to be a little more overlap, I feel like, in uh, between your two fields. And you'll see how they do. Now, and don't worry about your questions making you appear stupid. If they're stupid, you say, well, straighten me out. And I was... <laughs> wait, now, that, I, that I've heard said uh, many times, um, Neil deGrasse Titan's favorite thing is, like, he loves to be wrong because that means he could learn something. Yeah. And like that's I feel like that is totally the mentality you should have for anything with like a scientific mind of like or a curious mind. You want to be wrong cuz it's like cool. 
fill me in. Tell me how I'm wrong. Like, tell me how I need to be right. And all it ever leads you to is more questions. Uh, he, he says, what you have to do, and what I did, is knock on doors and say, look, I can do something most, uh, which may be useful to you. I can write. Do you have any papers that need to be written or anything of this nature? And don't worry about your questions making you appear stupid. If they're stupid, you'll say, well, straighten me out. And I would say that attitude was crucial. In a very real way, that's a scientific attitude. Ooh. Yeah. I've got a very Catholic curiosity. <laughs> okay, one, wait a second. That one, I don't know if he actually fully uh, threshes out for me enough that I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, Frank? <laughs> Things interest me, and I just go see if I can find out about them. I would just call that curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> I blew the minds of the California living people. It's a California living magazine. It's in oh, italics sure. here. Gotcha. They wanted me to become their wine writer. Now, Mike, that's dead wine. on for us, right? Whoa. You know what he did? And I wouldn't write about wine before I spent a couple of years learning how to make wine. Hell and yeah. so finally, I knew what uh, what I was doing, educated my palate to a degree, and went from there. Then I'd write about it. Well, that's where Frank and I uh, digress. I think you, I just jumped into this not knowing what I'm doing. I still well, don't know what I'm doing. What I love is like, yeah, that's what, no, that's the thing. It's what he did for California Living. They gave him the wine thing. He's like, not until I've done it and yeah. I learned it. He went and did it. And that's how he got that job. But I'm like, yeah, we just dove in, Mike. We're like, we're just going to drink wine and talk about Dune. Yeah, fuck it. Apparently, Frank would abhor that. That is <laughs> no! entirely anathema to Frank. And we've done the wrong Herbert thing. <laughs> oh, God. How do we fix this? Well, he's dead, so suck it. <laughs> oh, God. That's where we join side tails side. <laughs> but really, Catholic curiosity, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Now, uh, like a pious curiosity almost? Well, let me see. I had early Catholic training. Oh. My mother was from an Irish Catholic family. My father was not. And my father really won. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, I was a rebel against Jesuit positism. Positivism. Mm. Oh, Frank gotcha. Frank yeah. gotcha. Oh, let me take a sip of wine. I'll try this <laughs> one more time, everyone. I was a rebel against Jesuit positivism. Nailed it. Good job, Derek. High five. I know now how to win an argument in the Jesuit fashion, but I think it's flying under false colors. If you control the givens, you can win any argument. Now, uh, Jesuits have a specific form of philosophy, which I am not qualified to get into. Okay. But it is use of like anytime you come across across like a, a new problem or like a new um something ethical that you need to derive an answer to or whether it's like permissible within Catholicism or something like that, mm -hmm. they would use like existing cases and you just like draw out the lineage from them to like make your reasoning. A really neat thing. I think um, Malcolm Gladwell, if you go into his podcast, Revisionist History, he did a three-part series on what's called uh, the Jesuit thinking of casuistry. So if you guys want to learn any more about that, that is like this philosophy that's deep within Jesuit thinking. It's really cool. It's a way of like problem solving. And he uses like this baseball metaphor in that series to like how the Jesuits would get to the solution there. Um, oh, do you know the Tommy surgery? I think it's called the Tommy John surgery in baseball. No. Uh, where they like they like uh, reattach the ligament in your arm, and it's from like a damaged pitchers get from constantly sure. throwing, and it's like a surgery that reattaches the ligaments using like another part of your body, and like 
it's really weird in that it uh so one the pitcher has to break it first before you have that surgery and by putting it back together it doesn't give you any greater ability but it certainly is an ability that you no longer should have and so they use the jesuit philosophy to be like is this the same as um taking like steroids is this a performance enhancing surgery interesting very interesting it made for a really fun three-part series using the jesuit thinking to get to the bottom of that so i would uh go there to get a better thing i don't think i'm qualified at all to dig into it and i've forgotten so much um just i listened to it like a year or two ago but it was a really interesting bit and um I remember, I think I cued into it because one of the things that um, people go back to for Bene Gesserit is whether the Jesuit goes to Jesuit because he has this connection to the Jesuits in his past. And that's sort of how the Bene Gesserit operates. It's very philosophical, religious branch. That's really interesting. So there's like these direct parallels there. And then we also find other entomological routes. Etymological. Oh, oh, <laughs> thank you. That's what you're here for, Mike. Uh, it's been a long time since we've done that. Yeah. I gotta get epigraphs back like into two the episodes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can follow those uh roots further back into his past, and mm. uh, I just have always loved that. Uh, there's always been a question mark there, like, is it Jesuit just what he means? And he's referred literally to like his aunts, yeah, being the Bene Jesuit. Very cool, but this continues on. I love that you brought it back to insects. <laughs> ah, damn, you got me there. Um, he was like, Mike, what are you talking about? His aunts. <laughs> now, so I was a rebel against Jesuit positivism. I know how to win an argument in the Jesuit fashion, but I think it's flying under false colors. If you control the givens, you can win any argument, which is frank, just being very satirical. <laughs> now, I looked on schools, especially when I got up into the higher levels, as a kind of cafeteria line. I wasn't interested in a, degree, in a degree. I was always interested in writing. I announced that to my folks when I was eight years old. I came down to my birthday breakfast, which was laid out to my precise demands. <laughs> give, me, give me the break with clap right there. I deliberately did this. That's right, mother. You put it where I was said so. <laughs> which was laid out to my precise demands, and I announced that I was going to be an author. Can you imagine... <laughs> How old do you think he is? Well, like one, how old do you start dictating breakfast to your mother for your birthday? I think he's got to be like nine or ten years old. Oh, I, let's go with nine. It's got to be as young yeah, as ever. But yeah. come down. I assume he's got a tie he on. You won't give him the best double digits of tie. Oh, got it. He dressed up for this mic. He's going to make an announcement to the family today. Everyone, gather around. Father, take a seat. This is very Sheldon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be an author. And I never really deviated from that very much. You are such a nerd. Can you imagine this man as a teenager? I feel like Frank, like 12 to 19, I would not want to be anywhere near this man. I wouldn't want to hang out with him. Before and after, totally cool. Who doesn't love a nerd when you're growing up? The kid that knows everything? That's super interesting. Afterwards, he's a super knowledgeable, philosophical guy. I get that. But like, ah, teenage Frank, you're killing me, man. Now, looked on the schools as a cafeteria line. Like, what a dick. (laughs) I thought that I was good at telling stories that I could entertain and did from a very early age. 
I was telling stories at Boy Scout campfires when I was 12, 13, 14. I was known for it. <laughs> Jesus. No, Mike. Is that this, super... No, no. Wait. This next, hold, just hold that okay, thought for okay, one okay. line. You get great ego massages, you know, when you get called on to do it. But it's also good practice. It's good training ground. It's a very real sense. I was trained as a jocular was trained to entertain orally. And I go, as a <laughs> gotcha, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Everything in that sentence, you just want to beat him up over. <laughs> and I grew up in the 2000s. Like, I'm fine with this. Yeah, uh, let me look up Jongular. That was the one you were going to ask me about. Yeah. Um, I get the sense I would have uh, just said, um, like, an entertainer juggler kind of word for it. Uh, yeah, in an in, in, uh, intern minstrel. Minstrel. Okay. It's pretty much what I mentioned. Yeah, a bard. See, he yep. who tells the tales. Exactly. But the, the ego trip aspect of it, I see it totally yeah. in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The confidence he has in his writing, I get that that is like imbued in you as a storyteller as a child. Sure. I, I totally see And that confidence never going away. You're like, I just need to know more to tell these better stories. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't think he's wrong. You got, you got a good system for you, for sure. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the oral tradition is far more deeply seated in our psyches than the written tradition. And what you're really doing when you put words on a page is talking to the ears through the eyes. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It just it sounds weird, though. That is, uh, I got, yeah, yeah, a little clunkiness, but, like, that is how I experience his writing. I mean, like, it's after, very vocal. After I heard that interview, I can't help but get, like... This is all in his how he speaks. Sure, yeah. To the old English in Dune where he's so proper. Like, that's probably how he talks to his goddamn wife. Like, mm-hmm. he's that weird of a person, but that just is Frank in such a way. Now, and so, you'd better be conscious of how the individual hears it, even though it's silent on the page. I mean, it's a lot of things, not just the rhythm. It's the association of the sounds. Some things beyond onomatopoeic considerations. That's pretty deep. Yeah, that is pretty good. I call it a dance, too. It really is. I also call it a jazz performance. It really is a jazz performance. There is no other conversation in the universe that has ever been precisely like the one we're having now. And there never will be another one precisely like it. Oh, that's where we end. Really? That's where we end? That's how he finishes that up. Wow. Like, at least that's where uh, the, whatever the summation of this interview is, that's sure. where we're going to terminate. But I think it's the perfect place to end on that, like, this whole conversation being this interview, this this precise harmonic balance, the way these weaves all form, they're never going to align in this same way again. Right. That's just it. Huh. There is like a finite, and like uh, I think I've reflected on like Doctor Manhattan in, um, uh, oh God, what is the Watchmen? Yeah, where he has this revelation that brings him all back is that humanity is so unique because each one of us had to be this specific combination of two people, unbroken in a chain, going sure. back to the beginning of time, and that makes us all a miracle. Like, right. in what and of what do you call it, like turning oxygen into gold or something like that? Does he call it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if he does. Uh, I think it's like a, a sure. yeah, an allegory he has for it. But. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's pure alchemy. 
in a way. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I think that's what Frank is hitting there. But just within every conversation you've had in your life, too, like that wave frequency will never be matched. Your tone is going to be entirely unique to you to some extent. And that's like something that is purely human. I like it. Love it. I got I got nothing more for you from wow. Frank. It's, that's where he left us. I've him, been really him being a country boy. <laughs> country boy. I didn't. It took a weird turn. It took a weird turn. Yeah, yeah I mean, you should expect him to. This yeah. Man, this man, he's only... I mean, and every time somebody's sitting down with him, too, they're always going to be talking about Dune. So it's going to put him in a heady space. Sure. I'm, like, like, oh. like, I'm ready to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife doesn't let me have these conversations anymore, <laughs> so I'm happy to talk Frank, about that. Frank, doing it at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You bet that was a rule. <laughs> We know what time it is then, Derek. Oh, ooh, I, I don't know. Oh, it's time for Edric's etymology on onomatology. It's been so long. It hasn't. It's been a week. I tried, each, guys. Each week, I pick a name from the Duneverse to dive into its meaning and origins. Derek, I'm going to give you the meaning of the name and see if you can guess who it is. All right. So this week, the meaning of the name is going to be, this is the best summation Ooh. I can get of this name. Okay. That's that's wild. Head teacher. Head te- Oh, shit. Hmm. Head teacher. Yeah. What language? Indian. Indian. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the fuck is a teacher in Indian? <laughs> um, okay. All right. Wait, wait, wait. <sighs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards you know you know like a bodhisattva? Um yeah. That's like the Buddha that yeah, stays yeah, yeah. behind to teach. Yeah. Right, right, right. So yeah. maybe like I think sattva is uh like stiva that's gonna be of the mind. Okay. Because, uh, like, there's the, the various veils. There's one, like, of the earth and one of the mind. Sure. I, so I want to go with, like, kind of an S on there. I want to throw that in. Um, I don't think we have, like, any SA kind of character, have we? No. I'm, I'm reaching. I'm reaching, Mike. No, no. Give me the definition one more time. What did you say it was? Uh, head teacher. Head teacher. And I'll go into, like, what the meaning behind that is specifically. Yeah. So I think, like, proctor. Could also be, like, teacher that only does religious works. Oh, okay, okay, like an Uma. Uh, a teacher that only does religious works. Who would I have gotten a name from that would have been anywhere close to it? It's not going to be Banerjee. <laughs> That's clearly going to be a flag with a, with a letter on it. Yeah, right. Um, oh, how how prominent of a character. I, d- I don't know who this is. How prominent of a character. Just give me like a tier, one, two, or three. You may judge those any way you wish. Um, Throw me a number. Come I on. I can't. Uh, one, two, three. Uh, let's say a two, right in the middle. Two. Perfect. All right. Uh, and it means head teacher. I want to, I don't think, we've done like Yui, Gurney, Upir. Those are all the ones that actually did teachers. Let's uh, let's go left field. Okay. Let's steer into a Fremen name. Sure. Okay. Already done Korba. Let's go. Have we done Otham yet? We haven't done Otham Let's yet. Let's go Otham. All right. So uh, we've already established it is not actually from a name. Banerjee. No way. Yeah. way. Yeah. Damn. You okay. yourself out. Damn, that's fine. Satisfaction <laughs> that it at least was on the table. Really? Banerjee yeah. means head teacher. Well, a little bit here, and I'll tell okay. you why okay. here. Because it is sort of like a nickname. Okay. So it's the surname itself comes from the Brahmins originating from the Bengal region of the Indian subcontinent. Do you know what the Brahmins are? Uh, uh, no, 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 no. They were basically like scholars. 
uh-huh. uh, within the caste system of, I think, the, what are they called, like Varna or something like that, within like India. Like the Hindu caste system? Yeah, like Hindu caste system when it was like going up. Uh, they were like the scholars. Okay. Uh, they were the people. Oh, that, yeah, like, you would yes, educate yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. right there, yeah. Like the religious ones, the priests, the scholars, like all of that. Like they were their own caste. Yes, exactly. This is, okay, uh, this is coming through because I've read the Upanishads and the Dhammapada, which are both uh, the Dhammapada is included within the Hindu Vedas, which are their four books of like holy text. And that goes into the Brahmins for sure. Same with like the Dhammapada, yeah, or even absolutely. their older texts. Absolutely. For it. And I, they, this is a surname of the Brahmins. Banerjee. Banerjee. <laughs> and it's, it's it's sort of like a, it's a nickname, so to speak, because like the first part and last part are taken from different words. Okay. Banerjee. So the oh! first element is ban, taken from, and I'm really going to butcher these ones, guys, so like bear with me. Bandyopadja. Mike, we have fans in India. Yeah, I know. Oh, God, please help me. <laughs> Bandyopadja. Bandyopadja. Yeah, we'll call that. So, like, the band comes from that. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all you need to know. The final element, G, is derived from Now, we're, we're, just, we're just skipping banner? No, banner. <laughs> we don't need it. Yeah. Ban and G. Yeah. Comes from? It's a passing note. doesn't matter. Final element, G, derived from Ja, greatly adduced form of the Sanskrit, Upajaya, which means teacher, Upajaya. Thus, banner G itself, with those two parts connected, would mean teacher who is head and only performs the main work of RT, meaning like religious work. So is that word used in like English at all? Mm-hmm. Is it, is this part of, or is it like an Indian word? An Indian word. And it's just sort of, uh, the surname is taken from like, we're just taking bits and pieces of these words to sort of make our own like custom meaning. Okay. So I didn't know if maybe this was an aspect of like uh, British imperialism going into India to no, get us to like this, this weird would, combination. This would be uh, pre-Britain. Excellent. And like, this is, I mean, this is just like the rest of our occupational surnames that we've gone through, except they've sort of like made it their own. They Yeah. They've adapted yeah, to it. Yeah, Exactly. So it's not Brahmin as the last name. It's Banerjee because we're going to take these aspects of these words and going to make it our own. It's going to be creative, artistic, scholarly, if you will. Very indicative of what the Brahmins did anyways. Very interesting. Which is just really cool. And there is also an alternative version in Sanskrit. So Sanskrit's going to bring us closer to like the Arabic then, right? That leaves like Indian. Um, no, no, shit, or that is the root. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. confused. I'm mixing that up. Sanskrit totally goes into Indian Sure, text, sure, sure, right? sure. It's just, it's an alternate version of the, like the same name. But that is like, of all Buddhism, like usually refers to like a Sanskrit. I mean, Sanskrit right? is all over the East, man. That makes sense. Okay. No, no, I'm totally, I'm mixing it up and wanting to put it forward. Sure. Like something else. But it yeah, is like, yeah. it's a really old language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this alternate version is Vandyopadhyaya. God. Confidence, my confidence. Vandyopadhyaya. I can't see what you're reading, so you only got to trick me. Sure, no, I'll, don't don't show me. That will no, no, ruin the no, illusion. No, no, no. I think it'd be Vandyopa. Vandyopa Yaya. I think they would go the Yaya. Well, I, I think you get the Yaya. I think the, the DH part there and why it's like that's making a J sound. The J. So, ooh, no, no, no. Then I, I think it'd be Paj Yaya. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, okay. But no, so the. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were including the Y. You did say the yeah. D, D, DH. Yeah, yeah. Vand. Vandyopajaya. Yeah, I think that definitely it's, is it's, it's tricky, but like. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. You, dude, I think you did all right. I think I'm doing okay. I'm doing my best. Pajaya. 
And so, like, that's the alternate name. And it was coined from the elements uh, Vandya, meaning venerable, and Apagya, meaning teacher. So vulnerable, yeah, venerable, venerable teacher. Good. Oh God, yeah, that was that was hard to get through. But hey, that's what I got for Banerjee today. I love he, it. He deserves. Wait, do you really? I we need a we have our Indian fans. They need to chime in, Mike. We could use some Indian. Paul from Montreal, he's got it. It's come the wine thing. Just a little uh, Indian uh, pronunciation key, please. That's all we need. Let <laughs> us know how far we moved on that one. Probably really bad. So we can correct in our future. <laughs> But Derek, that's all I got for the uh, etymology and onomatology today. Oh, Mike, hey, you didn't do too bad, man. Not too that bad. Pretty good. You got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I throw it out there and that's it and I get it wrong, that's a, that's got to be a win-win-win. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what you're aiming for. It's really, that it was really awesome. Is. It was great. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I think that kind of does it for the week. All right. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. You hear that? That's stomping through the hallway. <laughs> God, he, he makes quite the entrance coming up. Bruno, hey! hey, hey I, I knew like, you were going to be here. Come on up. I think uh, I'll let you take care of this one this week. Sure. Uh, hey, give me that stink eye. Oh, no. <laughs> What's going on That spice eye. That's, that spice eye. Uh, oh, hey, speaking of which, speaking of the devil, Paul... From Montreal, chiming uh, in. Is there any other Paul that I know of? <laughs> well, I, I mean, technically from the book, there is, right? Yeah, that one in rag is a shit. <laughs> oh, damn it. All right, so Paul's chiming in. Uh, only a few minutes in. Oh, this is referring to our last uh, two weeks ago? Maybe three. Maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> What do you got? I think this is episode uh, uh, 12. Only a few minutes in, but y'all have got my mind spinning. Any gola can be disturbed by reminding it of its Ooh, origins. Oh, yeah, chapter 12. Yeah. Okay, yeah, totally. Maybe Sightail says this is not in reference to hate directly, but as a riposte to Edric's line of questioning. Didn't we discover during the guild deep dive that navigators are basically tank grown by the Tlilaxu? Don't they reproduce in, they don't reproduce in natural fashion, so they are akin to golos in a sense. Sightail may be indirectly reminding Edric of his artificial origins and his, and hence all navigators, dependence on the Tlilaxu. Maybe he's just dunking on him? Maybe. Wait, you know, oh, oh, I love every aspect of that. Now, did we land on them being artificially grown, though? I think we I know did land on that, didn't take, we? Taken at a young age, for sure. Definitely adjusted in some manner by that. I thought you said that they had to be grown within the tanks. Um, I, I mean, it said they definitely did something to them genetically wise, mm-hmm. but like, I don't think that necessarily means you think they take uh fresh prescient baby boys and girls and toss them into a tank. That's what I'm willing to make at least a jump, but uh, like maybe they don't go full genetic mutation, but like they the definitely same time, like, like, uh, cultivate them. Yeah. And now let's, let's at least leaving that aside. Let's jump forward to the real beat of this. Like whether Sightail was fucking playing with edric with that i never entertained that possibility i love that bit we did touch on that with the encyclopedia where it's saying we're totally giving credit to Tlaxlu Mm -hmm. for forming the guild navigator as is yeah i i love that bit that's like that undercurrent that's very similar to the uh what i want to say the turbulence between Aaliyah and gaius helen 
for me, it's all based on the encyclopedia and sure. this idea that they have each other, or rather, Aaliyah has Gaius Helen in her mind to fuck with Gaius Helen with mm-hmm. because they're related. Sure. I love drawing upon that, and I feel like you get the same bit from the encyclopedia here that we can rely on mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, I want the I want the Chalaxlu to have made all the navigators to be like, hey, what if there's like, what if I ask you about your origin? Have you ever thought about what that might do to you? Ooh. What's the difference between a Gola and a Navigator? And didn't like, uh, at some point there, didn't Edric even sort of like shiver or think about like, oh, it made him uneasy? Um, oh, you know what I was just thinking of was, um, no, no, Sightail does the sand bit to him. Oh, that's right. And it really unnerves Edric, and I couldn't put my finger quite on why. That could be a really great explanation as to why. Mm-hmm. What if Sidetail knew there was always that loose thread you could pull in any navigator you're talking to to just undo them? Everyone's got their own game. It really, everyone does. But that was a that was a really great viewpoint that I, neither of us had considered. No, no, that it. that is super insightful and on point. And I, I love. Uh, I'm gonna fuck with you with probably for a couple weeks now, uh, <laughs> until no. until you get the closing light of like where this book is going. Oh, like I got God. some wiggle room now to play with. No, so, thank like you, it. Paul. I think that's gonna do it for this week. Then, well. uh yeah, you guys have a, maybe a question for us? Perhaps you know a wine that we can afford? Let us know. We're at Spicer Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you guys, you can always send a diss trend. Bruno will bring it over if you go to SpiceWorldPod at gmail.com. And don't, course, don't give me that look, Bruno. <laughs> You'll bring it. And, of course, there's a website at SpiceWorldPod.com. And if you're looking for a way to support the show, come join us over at a little ch at patreon.com slash SpiceWorldPod. It's where you can find our exclusive Between Two Dunes episodes that we My, love making every month. Do you got a favorite one? Oh, I mean, Piter is always a favorite. You can, but you honestly, can. the audio drama we did was one of my favorites. That was so much fun to edit. Okay, okay. I mean, within all those, you know, honestly, one of the the free one that one we did of Tia Holtzman. Yeah, always got to be a little gem in my heart. Sure, oh, uh, sure. There was a fun ride to go through. The third time he comes through the system, sure, timeless. Everyone, timeless. everyone knows the Holtzman story, though. Yeah, but it's one you go. You can always go back to. That's true. There's always more to learn. <laughs> So, Derek, yeah. next week, what's yeah. going on? I got to know. <clears throat> this week, I finally have you at a little disadvantage, Mike. Do you have any idea where we're going? Do you have any idea what you're going to see in the future? What do you want to see? see? You know Paul's got a place to go. Last week, I thought we were going to get some Irulan. I mean, I think we're going to keep going to Paul every other chapter here at the very least. We know that we also need to go into the desert. All right, Paul's going to go meet Otham. Okay. And I mean, something, something weird's going to occur. There's going to be some sort of alter- altercation. Well, you should know that, Mike, I mean, we're not going to see it to bar at this point. No. We've already had, Chaney's already pregnant. We've already thrown the, like, wrench in the mix. Now Paul has to leave. Sure. Where the fuck are we going to fit Sitch to bar into this mix, Mike? We got to follow Paul on this adventure out. Sure. All right. Let's see where we're going next chapter. Okay. Luminous night, she cried the fuck a moan swept like a wave through the crush of pilgrims nothing hides such a night Aaliyah said what rare light is this darkness you cannot fix your gaze upon it senses cannot record it no words describe it her voice lowered the abyss remains it is pregnant with all things yet to be Ah, 
What gentle violence. Jesus. Aaliyah, what's going on? Is she giving a sermon here? She's having it. Well, you have the crush of pilgrims outside. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. She's giving a bit oh. of a sermon. And I think she's having a having a bit of a day. <laughs> Taking them all over. I love this. A luminous night. Nothing hides such a night. What rare light is in this darkness? You cannot fix your gaze upon this. Senses cannot record it. No words can describe it. The abyss remains. It Jeez. is pregnant, pregnant, yeah, sure. come on, with all things yet to be. What gentle violence. Oh, my God. That is an Atreides, like a bednight rhyme. If That's there like ever a slam one. poem right there. Yeah. I have a feeling she's not in a great mood. <laughs> Probably Maybe not. Maybe not her best day. Okay, sure. What do you, uh, any judge of the context that we're going to lead None up to None whatsoever. I think that's the place you want to be left in, Mike. Because <laughs> okay. until then, the, the spice, spice must, must flow. Hold as much of the bottom as you can. Sure, like you just got to be careful because it will shatter. I got two more, Mike. They're I know, but I want to drink this. Break. Drink it first, then, Mike. <laughs> oh, I don't want to drink wine with glass in it. <laughs> Soft city folk. <laughs>